0: Welcome to Created to Reign, a production of the Cornwall Alliance for the Stewardship of Creation, a ministry dedicated to educating the public and policymakers on biblical earth stewardship, economic development for the poor, and the good news of salvation by grace alone through faith alone in Jesus Christ alone. I'm Cal Beisner, president of the Cornwall Alliance, and today my topic is the impossibility. Yes, you heard me right, the impossibility of replacing fossil fuels with any other energy source, or even reaching net-zero carbon dioxide emissions by replacing a great deal, though not all, fossil fuel use with non-carbon-emitting sources in the near or even the distant future. This is not a matter of political preference. It's a matter of hard, cold, physical reality. Back in 1821, writing in the Edinburgh Review, William Godwin said something simple but profound. What cannot be done will not be done. It seems so obvious. Who would contest it? (laughs) No one, of course. The problem is sometimes people think things can be done that cannot be done, and then they pursue with all their might the doing of those things. That is the case with those who think we can substitute wind, solar, or other non-carbon emitting energy sources, including even nuclear and hydro, for coal, oil, and natural gas. Why can't that be done? Simon Michaud explained it in a 1,000-page study for the Geological Survey of Finland titled Assessment of the Extra Capacity Required of Alternative Energy Electrical Power Systems to completely replace fossil fuels. Michaud's modus operandi was to make realistic estimates of the amounts of critical raw materials necessary to construct all the wind, solar, nuclear, and hydro facilities necessary to generate the same amount of energy we now get from fossil fuels. Then he compared those amounts with present rates of extraction of those raw materials— and known reserves of them in Earth's economically and technically accessible crust to see whether it is possible for us to mine them in the eight years remaining to 2030, a target advanced by many advocates, or by 2050, a target date widely embraced by the United Nations and governments around the world, and, having mined them, to refine them and construct the requisite electrical generating facilities from them. Included in Michaud's analysis was the necessity, if the goal of net zero is to be achieved, of replacing the world's internal combustion engines with electrical engines for vehicles. Many people think doing this will actually be among the simplest steps to cutting carbon dioxide emissions. Michaud found otherwise. To quote him, in 2019, around 7.2 million electric vehicles were in use. However, the global fleet of vehicles at the time was estimated to be 1.416 billion vehicles, suggesting that only 0.51% of the global fleet was currently electric, and that 99.49% of the global fleet is yet to be replaced. Think that over for a minute. Despite determined government policies and subsidies favoring electric vehicles, It has taken more than 30 years to bring EVs to half of 1% of the global vehicle fleet. Yet dreamers expect us to replace the other 99.5% in 11 years to 2030, or 31 to 2050, judging back from 2018, the year that Michaud was using. Even at 10 times the rate of the last 30 years, we would in the next 31 years Expand EV's percentage of the total vehicle fleet to 5.17%, leaving 94.83% of the vehicle fleet still using internal combustion engines. Unless, of course, they're outlawed, in which case 94.83% of the vehicle fleet will simply no longer exist. Now, here are a few other basic facts, all taken from the abstract of Michaud's study. 1. The global energy system, data from 2018, estimates that 84.7% was dependent on fossil fuels, whereas renewables, solar, wind, the geothermal, and biofuels, accounted for only 4.05% of global energy generation, and nuclear power accounted for 10.1%. Startup times, from exploration through to discovery and starting mineral extraction for mines, can be anywhere between 10 and 30 years, and, for every thousand deposits discovered, only one or two typically actually become viable mines. Total additional non-fossil fuel electrical power annual capacity to be added to the global grid— will need to be around 37,670.6 terawatt-hours. If the same non-fossil fuel energy mix as that reported in 2018 is assumed, then this translates into an extra 221,594 new power plants needing to be constructed and commissioned. And the total power plant fleet in 2018, all types, including fossil fuel plants including all those constructed over the past 50 or more years and still operating, was only 46,423 stations. In short, we would need to construct 4.8 times as many power plants over the next 31 years as were constructed over the past 50 or more years. Yet the mining industry cannot conceivably extract from the earth the minerals necessary. Michaud continued, It was proposed to develop 16,504 new hydroelectric plants of average size. That is, it was proposed by those who advocate net zero, or the replacement of fossil fuel energy with with, uh, energy from wind and solar and hydroelectric. It was proposed to develop 16,504 new hydroelectric plants of average size, But of course, hydroelectricity can only be sited in very specific geographic conditions, and there may not be sufficient new sites globally that would be viable. And current policy targets, for example, European Parliament, hope to have 30% of the global energy and transport system to be renewable by the year 2030. This is only 8.5 years away at the time that Michaud wrote his report, And the incubation time for the construction of a new power plant can range between two to five years, or 20 years for a nuclear plant. And then there's the problem of intermittency that plagues the two leading candidates for non carbon emitting energy sources wind and solar. That intermittency requires backup, whether by batteries or by pumped storage, using some of the energy generated while the wind blows and the sun shines, to pump water into a high-elevation reservoir and then letting it flow into a low-elevation reservoir through turbines when there's no wind or sunshine, a process that wastes about a quarter of the energy generated. Most locations around the world don't have the geography necessary for pumped storage, So, the majority of backup must be by batteries. Well, what are the prospects of our making enough such batteries? Michaud summarizes The mass of lithium ion batteries required to power 1.3 billion electric vehicles proposed would be 282.6 million tons. Preliminary calculations show that global reserves, let alone global production, may not be enough to resource the quantity of batteries required. To make just one battery for each vehicle in the global transport fleet, excluding Class 8 HCV trucks, it would require 48.2% of 2018 global nickel reserves and 43.8% of global lithium reserves. There is also not enough cobalt in current reserves to meet this demand, and more will need to be discovered. Each of the 1.39 billion lithium ion batteries could only have a useful working life of 8 to 10 years. So, 8 to 10 years after the manufacture, new replacement batteries will be required from either a mined mineral resource or a recycled metal source. This is unlikely to be practical, which suggests the whole EV battery solution may need to be rethought and a new solution developed that is not so mineral-intensive. And that's just the batteries needed for the supposed global EV fleet. It doesn't address, yet, backup for all the things we already get from electricity for residential, commercial, and industrial use. For that, a conservative estimate was that a four-week power capacity buffer for solar and wind, only to manage the winter season in the Northern Hemisphere— Would be 573.4 terawatt hours. That is simply far beyond our capacity to produce. Indeed, even to replace the relatively small amount of backup energy we already derive from pumped storage with backup energy from batteries would be impossible. Because in 2018, Pumped storage attached to a hydroelectric power generation system accounted for 98% of existing power storage capacity. If this power buffer was delivered with the use of lithium-ion battery banks, the mass of lithium-ion batteries would be 2.5 billion tons. (laughs) This far exceeds global reserves. The trouble is a combination of Inadequate physical resources out there in the earth and economically and and technically accessible, and time, the shortness of time available. As Michaud states, current expectations, he should have said demands, because in fact no one aware of the facts can expect this, but current expectations, he says, are that global industrial businesses will replace a complex industrial energy ecosystem that took more than a century to build. The current system was built with the support of the highest calorifically dense source of energy the world has ever known, oil, in cheap, abundant quantities with easily available credit and seemingly unlimited mineral resources. The replacement needs to be done at a time when there is comparatively very expensive energy a fragile finance system saturated in debt, not enough minerals, and an unprecedented world population. Most challenging of all, this has to be done within a few decades. It is Michaud's opinion, he says, based on the new calculations that he presents, that this will likely not go fully to as planned. Well, that's putting it mildly. In conclusion, Michaud wrote, This report suggests that replacing the existing fossil fuel-powered system—oil, gas, and coal—using renewable technologies such as solar panels or wind turbines—will not be possible for the entire global human population. There is simply just not enough time, he says, nor resources to do this by the current targets set by the world's most influential nations. What may be required, therefore, is a significant reduction of societal demand for all resources of all kinds. This implies a very different social contract and a radically different system of governance to what is in place today. Precisely. It requires a much smaller human population living at a much lower economic level, something akin to the level of about 200 years ago when life expectancy was less than half what it is today. The demand to replace the fossil-fueled energy system of the world with one powered by wind and solar, not just in the relatively near future of 2050, but over the next century or two, is not only anti-human, but also simply impossible. Godwin was right. What cannot be done will not be done. And because it will cause enormous suffering for billions of people, it ought not to be tried. Thanks for listening. If you enjoy these podcasts, please tell your friends about them and leave us a five-star rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. That helps us reach more people with our message about biblical earth stewardship, economic development for the poor, and the gospel of Christ. The Cornwall Alliance is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. To support us with your tax-deductible gift, just go to cornwallalliance.org slash donate. Thank you, and until next time, God bless.